don't care where you are. Dang it. Celebrate life while it's here. Enjoy the moment. Have a good time. Um, <laughs> hey, life can be enjoyable. Your life will be as, as enjoyable as you make it. Well, uh, last week I talked about, um, you know, a lot of things related to uh, what's happening. Uh, but I said enough about that last week. You want to know what I said last week? Hey, uh, download the show and listen to it. But today it's a new show. I want to announce Victory of the Light. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll just clue you in here. Back on December 21st, uh, 2020, you know, that's, that's called Perfect Vision 2020. And um, I think last year we all got some perfect vision of, like, oh, what's going on, the bad guys, the good guys, stinking government manipulation, whatever. Anyhow, our galactic brothers and sisters, that's right. We are not alone in this universe. Time to wake up. Stop listening to those dummies that have been feeding you nonsense all your life. Is there life in outer space? Of course there is. It's been a big hoax trying to deny that there is. You know, the more you look deeper into the historical records that are still available, because many of them have been destroyed here on Earth, you'll find plenty of references to uh, celestial beams coming out of the sky quite often in spacecraft. And uh, it's in the historical record, you know, <laughs> everywhere around the Earth that uh, the uh, we are not alone in the universe. In fact, there's... Uh, let me just refresh your memory um, briefly. I've talked about it before. You've heard of the one... Uh, perhaps not. Valiant Boer, the one who actually got to talk to um, President Eisenhower when he was the president of the United States. And he offered, he was from Venus, he claimed to be from Venus. Okay, I don't know where he was from, it doesn't matter. The point is, he was on planet Earth, he wasn't of planet Earth, and he was offering society free energy. Of course, the offer had to be turned down because all the energy companies bullied up on President Eisenhower and said, you can't do that. Uh, and so he had to listen to them, unfortunately. Um, that's the way it got played out. And supposedly he was uh, stayed on our world until uh, 1960 sometime. And, um, of course, there's like, you know, the pyramids in Egypt. It isn't just by chance that they're aligned with the uh, Orion Belt out there in the sky. Things like that don't happen by chance. And there's uh, all the bones of the giants that have been discovered. They've all been hidden now or repaired or something. You know, uh, that's part of the conspiracy that goes on Earth here to keep the people ignorant. But apparently in the 1700s, 1800s, I mean, in the uh, yeah, 1700s and 1800s, people were finding giant bones all around the world, and local newspapers used to run the stories. Of course, 
at the beginning of the 20th century, um, the Smithsonian Institute here in the, the U.S. began confiscating all these large bones and taking them away so we could never get to hear about them or see about them. And uh, that was a real conspiracy, and it's still ongoing, you know? How many other things um, had the uh, Smithsonian Institute run by the government, kept from us, you know, of Egyptian-type artifacts and Egyptian hieroglyphics found in the Grand Canyon? Yeah, that's right. That's another cover-up story. And, um, of course, not only is the U.S. government involved in cover-ups, other countries around the world are involved uh, in those kind of cover-ups, too, because, they're, you know, the real rulers of our world don't want this info out. But anyhow, there's not going to be no more denying it. It's here. They're here. Uh, people are seeing spacecraft all over the place. Uh and people are taking pictures of them now, too, because everybody has their cell phone camera and you take a quick flash. You don't have to run home to get the big camera. You can, if you happen to be there and the spacecraft shows up, people are taking pictures of this. Yeah. And uh, there have been plenty of books out there that have been documented. One of my favorite books is called The Keys of Enoch by Dr. J.J. Hurtock. A wonderful man. I met him personally. He's for real. And uh, in 1973, he wrote his book, The Keys of Enoch, also known as the Book of Knowledge. And uh, plenty of diagrams and explanations of all types of uh, spacecraft that can deal in three, or two or three realities simultaneously. And how and it, the book also explains how pyramids and conal shapes are used to, and all other kinds of uh, platonic shapes are used to manipulate energy and matter. Yes, the technology does exist for beam me up, Scotty. And uh, we're all going to be introduced to that as soon as the event happens. I spoke about it before the event when the ETs finally show themselves, the good ones. The bad ones have been here for a long, long time, hundreds of thousands of years, and they've been manipulating and wrongly controlling us. But that is coming to an end. There's battles being fought now under the earth, up in the sky, and the last battles will be fought here on the surface when they finally show themselves in broad daylight. They'll make their announcement. They'll show up. I don't know if they're going to land on the White House lawn or the U.N. or whatever. It doesn't matter where they land. They're going to show themselves in public, and then it's going to be full disclosure of everything, of all the things that we talk about on these shows. And it's going to be a glorious day. I can hardly wait to end this crap what's going on now. We're being, you know... This is uh, the dark side is waging war against humanity. You know, all this crap they're dealing with, the lockdowns and stuff. You know, like I said, I talked enough about that last week. Download the show from last week. But uh, back to pyramids, you know. Uh, pyramids are everywhere. They're being found everywhere. I mean, sometimes you look at a picture and you see a mountain in the back. It, 
If you look at it closely, it has a, a real steady slope all around it. It's probably a pyramid under that now. Uh, because pyramids are buried deep in the ground, too. Um, I don't know how many years ago it was found, but uh, I think as far back as 2003 or 2004, uh, the, the info was leaking out about the giant pyramid uh, 100 feet, 150 feet below the ground in uh, Alaska. Yeah, giant pyramid in there. And... Um, Hey, this is an educational show. This is called Connected Dots, and I get little bits of educational information all the time. And uh, uh, it's important to know when you get an understanding of multidimensional physics, which uses pyramids or connectors to, to multidimensional realities, a pyramid automatically forms an octahedron. So when you see a pyramid, you know, standing upright, like the Great Pyramid, there is an invisible energy pyramid, a reflection of the pyramid standing upright that automatically happens with any pyramid. And energy flow starts automatically. That's one of the magics of pyramids. So all pyramids... Uh, become octahedrons. If you know you only see the uh, the top part, the energy octahedron automatically forms below, and that becomes a. Uh, and so all pyramids are broadcaster receiver things. That's the importance of the obelisks. It has nothing to do with phallic symbols. It has to do with an obelisk is a, a broadcaster receiver of frequencies. It's not just by chance that the largest obelisk in the world is in the center of Washington, D.C., and it's being used to control the minds of the U.S. government. You know, they can blur the minds, they can uh, put bad ideas into their heads, uh, they can basically uh, control the thinking of a large percentage of the people in Washington, D.C. And there's always been, we've heard the stories before, you know. Normal people go to get elected to government in Washington, D.C., and all of a sudden they're not normal people anymore. Something happens to them. Well, if you can uh, put your money down on it's the obelisk in the center of Washington, D.C., the largest obelisk on planet Earth. And it's there because we are the most important country. That's right. I am speaking from New York, America, the greatest country in the world, the most powerful country in the world. And that's why all the manipulation and focus is, is on America. Because where America goes, the world follows. That's the way it is. You know, back in ancient times, it was Egypt. That's why they had all the obelisks down in Egypt. Because the world controlism back then, they were manipulating the minds of the pharaohs and uh, the ruling people of that area of the world. Hey, you know, there's a big obelisk in the uh, <laughs> in the courtyard of uh, the Vatican, you know? Well, it's not there for nothing. <laughs> it's not a religious symbol, no. It's there to manipulate the, the, the Vatican, because the Vatican is... Uh, one of the dark side controlling powers of this world. That's right. And um, what can I tell you? That's a known fact. It's also a known fact that in the Vatican Library are some of the most 
hidden scriptures, real scriptures, the originals are kept there, you know? Uh, the scriptures from which the Bible was written, yeah, well, the original ones are locked away in the Vatican's vault. And uh, I found out from uh, talking to somebody who was going to become a priest and studying over there, and when he found out the truth about the secret library and only the Pope and certain cardinals get to view those sacred uh, secret scriptures held in the vaults, he thought, oh, my God, I don't want to be part of this organization. He changed his mind. He says, no, I don't want to be a priest in this uh, crooked organization, and they basically are. And if you don't want to accept that, that's fine. But those of us that know, we know. And um, hey, look at all the pedophile priests that have finally been uncovered. Come on, if they were sacred people, they wouldn't be involved in uh, pedophile behavior. You know, it's one of the uh, warnings from Jesus. You know, it's going to be really bad for you that are caught abusing the, the young children in this world. Well, um, the price will have to be paid on those individuals. But those individuals will have to pay the price for their bad behavior. Regardless of that, let's just move on back to the pyramids. Yeah, pyramids. Very important objects. There's so much knowledge about them, and there's so much untold knowledge about them. And there's uh, amazing stories, personal stories I've heard from people that have uh, gone to the Great Pyramid. Do you know that uh, um, I was at a lecture one time, and uh, somebody had the privilege of a special tour, and they got to lie down in their sarcophagus inside the pyramid. And as soon as they lie in the Great Pyramid, and as soon as they lie down in that sarcophagus, uh, their mind began hearing clicks and clicks and clicks, and they were taken into uh, some kind of uh, trance, we could say almost. They were connected to a higher reality, a multidimensional reality. And that's what their sarcophagus in the center of the Great Pyramid is for. It's to connect with the higher reality. It's not for burying uh, a pharaoh or anything like that. That was the stupid uh, conclusions by uh, scientists who broke into the tombs and stuff like that because they didn't have a spiritual education. And uh, the uh, that same person who laid down in their sarcophagus uh, said that she had brought a tape recorder to, with her, and the deeper and closer they got to the center chamber where the sarcophagus is, uh, her tape recorder began just picking up a lot of clicks and clicks, and, and then eventually shut itself off, couldn't handle the overload of electricity. But there's even a more amazing story I know, and you get these amazing stories by personally talking to people that were there you know, that experience themselves. Like I mentioned before, uh, Dr. J.J. Herpak, who uh, wrote The Keys of Enoch and other books, and uh, he's got many great videos out there, and he's the, uh, uh, the, the starter and the uh, person in charge of the Academy of Future Sciences, which we will be learning once our... Galactic Brothers and Sisters land at the event, which is only a year or two away, maybe, you know. Nobody knows the exact day, uh, but 
it'll happen, and they will announce themselves the day before it happens. So they will take care. Um, they've told us what they're going to do. They're going to take control of all broadcasting networks, every single one of them on planet Earth, and everyone will get to hear the message at the same time. So there'll be no way to deny it's happening. So anyhow, Dr. Hurtock, when he went into the Great Pyramid, and this is a very knowledgeable person, Dr. Hurtock. He was uh, a professor of physics, I believe, at the University of California. And uh, eventually he got blackballed because after he went on his uh, light vehicle journey with Enoch, the famed Enoch, the one talked about in the Bible, he was taken off the earth for two days, and when he came back, he had been they had downloaded in his mind all the information to write the book, The Keys of Enoch, because uh, they, they knew what they wanted him to reveal to the human race. And it's all futuristic science. If you don't have a, a knack for science, well, you might not understand it, but I do, luckily. And I picked up on all of it. I constantly go back to it and refer to it. Plus, I've marked just about every page in the book and referred it to other books I've read and other knowledge I happen to uh, come across. Very educational book. Uh, pick it up anywhere. I think they even have an audio on it, too. Contact the uh, Academy of Future Sciences. Shouldn't be hard to find. And uh, so Dr. Hurtock, I was at one of his lectures, and he was telling um, everybody at the lecture, uh, in fact, this was probably a, a Cosmos lecture, you know, you can look them up on, uh, they're, on yeah, they're on Twitter, too, um, Cosmo, at Cosmo Internet. They were in New York City, and they, uh, <laughs> the guy, the guy, Alex Gray, Many of his famous uh, uh, kind of like LSD-inspired paintings are out there. He started a, a whole trend of uh, uh, when you you see his paintings, they usually have a lot of eyes in them, um, and they have multiple faces and they things covered with all covered with eyes, kind of like what's uh, mentioned in uh, the Bible about some of the creatures in the heavenly realms that are covered all with eyes. So anyhow, he's made himself famous with these uh, artwork. He's a very talented artist. I met him. And uh, the um, so I think it, yeah, it was at his lecture and uh, at his facility, which was uh, in Manhattan. He's now in, uh, I don't know, about 50 miles upstate in New York, outside of Manhattan. But... Uh, you know, people uh, visit his events and stuff like that. The uh, Dr. Hurtock was giving a lecture there, and he explained about the Great Pyramid, his experience in there, and he, um, of course, you know, had a very uh, pertinent knowledge about pyramids for meaning, meaning with that multidimensional being called Enoch, who was eternal, and uh, he told us that... Uh, he had determined that the frequency of the pyramid was connected to F-sharp, the note, F-sharp on the scale, you know. Uh, if you're not familiar with the notes, you know, 
They go A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And after, between F and G is F sharp. And uh, he had a device, probably a toner, and as they're walking uh, down the path to the, the center chamber on the tour he was in, and of course he had the privilege of being on special tours because of his scientific background, he put his tutor on and played the F-sharp note. And instantly, a bolt of light, like a lightning bolt, sparked out in the whole chamber. He said uh, uh, the tour guides uh, uh, balked in fear because they didn't know what had happened, and so did everyone else, too. And this is the first time he had tried it. He was kind of amazed himself. So it proves that the pyramid, at least the Great Pyramid, is tuned to F-sharp. It's in that key somehow, or just that note frequency. Then he later went on to other pyramids in Mexico, and again, he astounded people by striking an F-sharp note and a bolt of light popped out of nowhere like lightning and, you know, and sparked all over and stared everybody in the same way. So are all pyramids tuned to F-sharp? I don't know, but he proved that certainly it seems to be a, a popular note with pyramids um, to get a response of energy like that by just striking the note. And, of course, everything, uh, frequencies determine everything. <laughs> you know, there's frequencies, vibrations, and uh, that's, that's the, uh, the whole secret to uh, this whole COVID thing could have been uh, solved already. If the, the scientists had the knowledge of frequency, we could have determined what this uh, uh, pathogen is or you know, some call it a virus, some call it a pathogen, some call it whatever. An invented uh, form of uh, bacteria by by man scientists. Doesn't matter what it is, it has a frequency. So the simple equation is find the frequency and you kind of uh, broadcast that frequency back to all the, uh, the germs, whatever, and they'll all shatter like an opera singer singing the high C note that breaks the glass. That's simple, uh, you know. But uh, apparently none of the uh, scientists out there are educated on frequency. The guy who invented the Rife microscope um, was into that. That's why the government, this is back almost 100 years ago, uh, and he proved that you could kill any virus once you find out the frequency broadcast the same frequency and overpowers all the uh, little virus things and they just simply shatter and they're gone. And you could do that with all frequency. He was the one who was broadcasting a light frequency that had, uh, once he had determined the frequency of the virus, uh, he found a light frequency, a colored light frequency that had the same uh, frequency vibrations per second hertz and it worked every time. Well, there's the solution to the problem there, you know. Uh, this whole vaccine, uh, vaccines are mad scientist creations anyhow, and they're being used in an evil way. 
against people. But uh, that's not a cure. That's uh, that's mad scientist, you know, pursuing, uh, you know, the dead end street they decide to travel down and, and then just, you know, want to keep on patting their head against the door and saying, this will work, this will work. But they're, they're, it's not real science. It's uh, bad science. So much for that. So back to the pyramids again. Uh, there's pyramids being found all around the world. There's pyramids in uh, Bosnia, I heard. And they're finding every day, they're finding more pyramids. Some of them are just hidden under mountaintops. And there's pyramids apparently underground, too. And there's supposedly a pyramid under the Antarctica. Because pyramids are very uh, they're multidimensional devices. And uh, they're used for all sorts of things to manipulate energy, manipulate matter. And uh, maybe even uh, transporter devices, too. So, uh, in fact, they will be used by the higher intelligence, our galactic brothers and sisters who have the knowledge of the futuristic science of how to use pyramids. And they will probably use them to remove uh, the people on Earth uh, once they land here on Earth, they're going to use those devices. Uh, probably uh, they'll have them in their spacecraft, and they're going to use those pyramids and uh, cubes and uh, uh, conal structures to remove the people on planet Earth now who are not ready to evolve, and they will simply pick them off, uh, beam them up, and beam them to some other world and some other solar system where non-evolved people can continue their exploration of physical reality. Nobody's going to get forced to move into the fifth dimension, but you ought to want to go there because there is no uh, evil life forms uh, ruling over you there. Uh, yes, Alex Jones was right. Uh, this is a prison planet, and we're finding out how much of a prison planet it is now, more so than ever. So much has been revealed in the last couple of years. But I can't wait for the event, and you should be looking forward to it, too, because everything will be explained uh, to us how we've been uh, putting this matrix here. You know, science fiction movies tell us a lot about things going on behind the scenes because that was one of the few ways that those who had the knowledge about what was going on behind the scenes, how they could get it out there for the public to see, uh, to get us to at least think about this could be happening without being arrested and thrown in jail because they said, hey, this is science fiction. It's not true, but so many science fiction movies mimic what's going on behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, I could go on and name them and name the movies. I have quite a few listed in my book. Again, I recommend, Dave, if you want to become a smarter person in one night, you can do that. Get a copy of my book, Connect the Dot Theory. That's where I got the name for the show. Connect the Dot Theory. Except my book, it's not a theory. It's all truthful knowledge and a lot of correlations that I put together myself. Hey, if I made a mistake in any of my correlations, 
call. I don't know, read the book and then call me on the show. This is a call and radio show and say, hey, you made a mistake here and we'll defeat it. Uh, you know, it's no big deal, you know, for me. I, you know, when, when um, I've elevated myself to where 99.9% of my decisions are correct, and once in a blue moon, I make a mistake. So it's no big deal. If you can point out I made a mistake, I'll say, wow, thank you. I haven't made a mistake in a long time, but thank you for correcting me here. I won't make that mistake again. So anyhow, back at pyramids again. These are one of the most important structures on the earth. You know, and again, I have a lot of important information about pyramids in my book. You'll learn how to uh, make a cardboard pyramid and it uh, keeps your food from going bad. That's right. Make yourself a cardboard pyramid. Uh, Try to model it after the Great Pyramid because that's a good uh, angle, 51 degrees, 51 minutes. Maybe, I don't know, 14 seconds or something. Find out how to uh, make an angle, and you, and then you just cut out one side out of cardboard. Once you find out how to form the angle and what the uh, the ratio of like eight inch base, uh, seven inch height, or something, you'll see you, you cut out four equal uh, pieces of cardboard, tape the edges together, try to keep it straight, and uh, you'll have yourself a pyramid that will preserve food. I, the banana test is the best. Uh, and bananas, we all know, go bad very quickly. Well, you can put a banana under a cardboard pyramid. It'll last for weeks, months. <laughs> and you'll still be able to take it out. It won't be brown inside. You'll be able to eat it. You know, if it's there for months, the 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 uh, outside of the, of the banana might be a little brown, but the inside won't be. And you'll be surprised to find it's uh, not as quite as uh, sweet as it was before. Well, do your own experiment and try it with other pieces of food, too. And, of course, I have the story in my book. You'll want to read about that in regards to pyramids. When I told, uh, started experimenting with pyramids, and I told this uh, to this clairvoyant woman who had special powers, uh, one of the most amazing things she said to me, well, let me get off the pyramids for a second, uh, was uh, like we were talking, sitting across from each other, and she just out of the blue says, you know, I can see uh, the beam of white light that goes straight to God coming out of the top of your head. Wow. <laughs> I, you, know, you almost wish, we all almost wish we had vision like that. But anyhow... She told, when I told her my story of success with the bananas with cardboard pyramids, she told me about um, a true event in her life. Somebody had given her a small uh, gold, um, hollowed gold pyramid, you know, where the sides were made of gold. You know, it must have been pretty expensive to make, but uh, they gave it to her as a gift and she was told, put an apple under that pyramid and leave it there. Don't touch it for two years. And when she pulled that pyramid off two years later, that apple was as fresh as when she put it under that gold pyramid. So, if you got enough money to buy yourself uh, 
I say, fabricate a gold pyramid, uh, hollow it out, and you go sleep in it every night. You're not going to age too much, I'll tell you that. Uh, you want to create longevity? There's other ways to create longevity. First of all, you don't want to stay in this physical body that long. You want to evolve and get into a less denser physical body. I hear that the human body, as the ones that we have now, uh, in past times when um, we weren't being subjected to all these negative frequencies like we are in this world and the, the poisoned water and the poisoned air from the chemtrail planes and the other bad frequencies from the 5G, people weren't being exposed to all these bad things. Um, and there were no poisons uh, for the vegetables to pick up or anything like that. And the rain wasn't acidic and everything was perfect. Uh, kind of like a, a paradise here on Earth, people could live in a physical body for up to 2,000 years. That's right. And once our, our galactic brothers and sisters uh, land, they will uh, be sharing technology with us that will revitalize our bodies, cure us of anything, and uh, we'll have the opportunity to even become younger. I can hardly wait, can you? Uh, hey, this is a call and radio show. You know, the number here is 888-627-6008. Uh, or you could say 888-827-6008. Uh, you know, I'm hearing this happens once in a while with the damn machines. As I'm talking, I can hear an echo of myself uh, coming out of the phone. You know, I'm talking into a phone with the speaker on. Now, he wasn't doing this at the beginning of the show, but it started creeping in. So uh, the engineer is monitoring the situation. I don't know. Do what you got to do to get rid of the echo because I shouldn't be hearing an echo of my voice coming back out of the phone, you know? Uh, well, so much for that. These damn machines, they were always giving us trouble. What can we say? Uh, they're jealous of us. They want to let, let us know they're there. Hey, so ba hey, back to some more to talk about the pyramids. You know, you might have heard of the Philadelphia Experiment. 1943, where uh, a battleship in Philadelphia Harbor not only disappeared off the radar screen, uh, but it was witnessed uh, a glow of green appeared around the ship and it actually disappeared and wasn't there in the harbor anymore. Well, how does that, what does that have to do with pyramids? Well, I'll tell you. I was at a lecture, I don't know, this might have been back. I don't know, 1995, maybe, uh, something like that. And one of the guys who was in the Philadelphia experiment, uh, he was one of the, the uh, people, they needed two people to bring these guys out of uh, from disappearing. You know, when it first happened back in 1943, he explained, nobody knew what the hell happened. And... Uh, because they thought they were putting a device on the boat to 
uh, battleship to make it invisible because radar had recently been invented by the British, I believe, in 1942. And radar was being used by the enemy, World War II. We were in it, World War II, to uh, track incoming uh, military objects, whether they were battleships or planes or what. And it was a very effective tool for spotting the enemy coming up on you. So American government, the military, got an idea. They, they, they were already in contact uh, with certain ET groups. And they got the message uh, or the technology from one of the ET groups. I'm not sure which one it was. Obviously, they probably weren't good ETs. Because good ETs wouldn't uh, be involved in uh, giving technology to military people. So uh, the uh, extraterrestrials that the U.S. military was dealing with uh, gave them the blueprints uh, that they said, this will make your ship invisible. Of course, there was a lot more to it uh, than just making the ship invisible. Of course, the uh, U.S. government was sucked into this. We, they were using us to open a portal in time space. And it turns out the object that was put on the blueprints for the object that was going to make the ship invisible, they didn't tell us it was going to make the ship disappear, uh, and transported out of uh, this that particular time, 1943, uh, was a pyramid. That's right. It was a giant-sized pyramid. And they told us how to hook it up to a power source. And when they turned on the juice, mind you, this story is being told to me at a lecture by the guy uh, who, in, in 1983, was part of the Montauk Project to bring these guys that were lost in 1943 back into reality, and they had figured out how to do that. Uh, probably more knowledge from uh, ET groups of how to do it. So anyhow, in 1943, as the story goes, there was this battleship in the harbor, in Philadelphia Harbor, and they had installed this giant pyramid uh, deep inside the battleship, and they were going, they had power sources hooked up, and they were told to turn on the juice. So when the juice was turned on, um, this is what happened. But before I tell you what happened, in case you don't know the Philadelphia Experiment story, uh, this uh, story was being told in a lecture by this guy who was one of two people that were hired by the U.S. government to bring the lost ship back into reality or at least bring the people that were on that ship back into reality and it was called the Montauk Project. Yeah, the government has a secret base out on Montauk. And uh, he says, you, even though you know where it is, you can't get to it. And if the, you had a way to get to it, they would just move everything out and move it to another secret base because they have so many underground secret bases, U.S. military. So anyhow, he was hired, him and somebody else had him mentally contact these people who had been moved out of time and space in 1943, and they were instructed of how to do this. 
and they succeeded, and they brought two people back from 1943. I'm not sure what the hell happened with the boat, but they were able to bring two people back 40 years later on the exact day it happened, exactly 40 years. I don't know why it's 40 years, but that's what the info that had been supplied, and they did it on that day, 40 years to the day, and they brought them back to Montauk. Uh, and they were in perfect health, basically. Uh, they hadn't aged a day in 40 years. And they began to talk to them. And the two guys who were brought back told the story. They were working down in the room that turned on the power source. And they knew as soon as they turned on the power source, they somehow knew something was wrong. Things were like, they just felt it. And it was uh, the power, the power injected into that pyramid made that pyramid which also obviously had a, an octahedron invisible uh, half to it and became a broadcaster receiver, it had so much juice in it that it was uh, tearing apart physical reality. So getting scared, they tried to shut it down, but they once they had turned on the power, it was impossible to shut down. By just turning off the switch, it was hooked into its own power source now, or getting it free energy from the universe, because it became a multi-dimensional pyramid at that point. So they decided, let's get the hell out of here. They ran up to the top of the, the battleship, expecting, let's just jump off that ship before it blows up or whatever happens. And as they were running up, they saw physical reality distorting. They saw people sinking into bulkheads still alive but stuck with up to their waist in metal or something like that and uh, I guess because they kept moving they didn't sink into the metal and they, they when they got up on the top deck they were shocked it wasn't the afternoon sunny afternoon in Philadelphia Harbor it was total blackness but they thought well let's, fuck it. let's just jump off the boat we know there's water down there but there wasn't they jumped off and the next thing they remembered was finding themselves 40 years later in Montauk, Long Island. And then, so at that point, once they got done telling your story, the U.S. government realized that they had created uh, a break in the time structure, and it was uh, done on purpose by the ETs. They tricked us into doing something to open a hole, a hole up in time, uh, you know, so they could sneak in some more bad guys, which they probably did. And uh, government also knew they had a working time machine here. And now they had the, uh, because they were able to bring the guys back, now they knew how they could send guys out in a time machine, an octahedron, a pyramid-type time machine. Of course, there's other type machines, too, that do this. But uh, they knew how to do it with the pyramid now. And they went and um, weren't going to tell the public, of course not. Uh, this guy quit the project and he started lecturing, you know, 15 years later, or 10, uh, let me say, 12, 12 years later, he started on a lecture tour. 
uh, about because he quit the project. He didn't like uh, working with the government anymore. He saw how they were using it badly. They were selling out. Uh, they were using their time uh, pyramid time machine to go into the future and steal technology from the future. They knew how to bring people back from the future now uh, with this time machine. And they sold the technology out to the big corporations. And that's why uh, a little after 1983, there was a large increase in technology being distributed worldwide for profit for the big corporations who had the money to buy the technology from the secret militaries that used that money for other secret projects. So that's the importance of pyramids. And uh, I hope I have enlightened the listening audience with that. Anybody else have any? Uh, uh, I missed any knowledge with pyramids here. Well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, call in while there's still time to call in. Uh, it's a call-in radio show. The uh, uh, oh, yeah, I have a little bit more about pot. Uh, before um, uh, the late Dr. Pla uh, Patrick Flanagan, look him up, uh, who also claimed to be a reincarnation of uh, Tesla, the famous Tesla, the, uh, he's the one who started pyramid power uh, by experimenting with pyramids back in, uh, I don't know, the early 70s. So um, he was somebody who had knowledge of pyramids, too. Of course, he wasn't uh, using the, the time travel thing. In fact, uh, I eventually got to talk to him uh, personally several times, and I shared some photos with him, and we had some conversations about things he had seen similar to what's in my book, uh, Connected Dots Theory. I have so many amazing photographs in there. Uh, 35 millimeter photographs. I happened to be at the right places at the right time, and there were plenty of craft in the sky. Craft that nobody has ever shown pictures of craft looking like the ones I have in my book. You think you've seen all the UFO photos? Maybe even the government doesn't have seen craft looking like the ones. Uh, Maybe, maybe these people on secret military uh, uh, projects haven't seen crap. Like the ones I've got in my book, Connect the Dots Theory, study the photographs. You'll see them. They're not that close up, but you'll see the shapes like, what? And uh, they're there. And they what they do is they set up uh, kind of what I call a fake sky, which creates a... a kind of a portal where they can beam down, and they also can abduct people in these uh, situations, too, if they want to. I have the drawing of what the abduction machine looks like. It's just an outline of energy dots, but they can move it around quite quickly, and they can just pop it down over you, and you'll be gone. That's how quick it works. I was being targeted for myself, but apparently because they could see that I could see it and was keeping my distance. And uh, apparently they they don't want to take anybody who sees their little uh, electronic toy 
It's invisible. It's only an outline of it. It's outlined with sparkle points. Uh, but there's a drawing of it. I didn't have a camera with me that night, but there's a drawing of it. I'm a pretty good, uh, accurate uh, drawer, and I have a good memory of what I see. And you'll see what it looks like. It looks like kind of like, uh, uh, kind of like uh, I don't know, a, a, a vent vacuum cleaner hose, except it's uh, it's not uh, curved like a vacuum cleaner hose. It's like uh, it, it's got uh, sharp angles and it zigzags down out of the sky. And I, I came to, it goes down about as far as like maybe 15 feet of the ground. And so it can sail around and find a, get over top of somebody and, and just plop down and suck them up. And you won't I didn't even know you happened, but apparently there's some kind of rule that can't take somebody when they see it. And I was able to see it. So that's probably the only thing that saved me or maybe my guardian angels or something like that. But I did see it. It exists. And it's at these events where they they hover in the sky with the spacecraft. If you have a camera that's able to take photographs at night uh, without a flash, it's called the B setting. You can uh, go to these events where they show up and uh, take your own pictures, but you only even know what you're looking for, and the only book in existence that shows these things uh, is in my book, Connect the Dots Theory. You ain't going to find any other book on planet Earth right now that has pictures of this stuff. It's not, I've, looked, I've searched everywhere. Nobody has pictures like I have uh, in my book, Connect the Dots Theory, there's only 100 pages of text, no filler, and plenty of photographs. And like they say, a picture says a thousand words. And I also have the pictures of the, uh, the life forms that share our world that leave light trails. Again, you got to go out at night and use a B-setting camera. No flashes or anything because a flash will obliterate what you're trying to capture. But they're out there on a frequency range that lights up just beyond the parameters of our sight. Again, you're not going to find these pictures anywhere except in my book, Connect the Dots Theory. It's an educational book. It's not a theory. Even though Google uh, insists upon listing it as fiction, what the hell does Google know? And they don't listen to you. You know, I've asked the book company to change that for me several times, and you know, they don't even get a response. You know, Google rules the world. What can we say? They do what they want. They want to claim my book as fiction. I can't stop them. But I'm telling you, it's not fiction. It's all truth in the book. And uh, many other amazing true stories in my book that things that nobody has ever talked about. And uh, you want an education, you want to become a smarter person in one night, get the book. It's available everywhere, Google Play, uh, Amazon, you know. Uh, Barnes & Noble, I, it costs a lot more at Barnes & Noble to get the actual book, but you have an opportunity to uh, 
browse back and forth in the pictures a lot faster than you can uh, doing it on the screen. And uh, what can I say about what I've said? Hey, victory of the light. <laughs> it's going to be victory. We just have to play this out a little longer. So meanwhile, you got to do your best to keep your head above water because the bad guys are pulling out all the stops now and they're, you know, they know they're going to lose, but they want to screw as many of us up as possible. So be careful. Avoid any vaccines. Avoid the 5G. Uh, and uh, avoid Wi-Fi. If you've got children, take them out of school. Schools are loaded with Wi-Fi, 5G. You're better off teaching them at home. I know you want to send them to school so you can have some peace and uh, <laughs> quiet. But these are things to consider. The, uh, you also might want to consider uh, declaring uh, your sovereignty. Uh, you know, I'm on Twitter. Um, there's a couple of uh, good, I retweet them every once in a while. Like, within my last three or four tweets, uh, I'm at uh, Tom Edison Prez, P-R-E-Z. It's all one word, you know. T-O-M-E-D-I-S-O-N-P-R-E-Z on Twitter. You might want to check out my last four or five tweets. Uh, before I got on tonight, and uh, you'll see something about uh, some important information about uh, your sovereignty, declaring it. I'll give you a little example. This isn't the one that's on Twitter that I'm re uh, retweeting out there, but uh, th this is another sovereignty thing that I picked up, and I wrote it down, and it just gives you an idea. You want to say these things out loud. So you want to declare your sovereignty uh, from the, the dark forces uh, that have been uh, controlling your sovereignty from birth to some extent. And here it goes. It goes like this. In the name of the I am that I am, in the name of the divine soul presence that I am, in the name of all ascended beings of light in the name of the galactic federation in the name of the galactic center i decree and command to cancel and nullify all my past present and future contracts and agreements made between any part of any being and that and the dark forces. All these contracts and agreements and all their consequences are now completely erased from my reality. I am now free. All the karma of all whole being is now erased as well. I am a free sovereign being of light. From now until eternity, so be it. And 
stoic is. So be it, and so it is. So be it, and so it is. Invite Tom Anderson. Of course, you'll say your name. Well, that just gives you an idea. Um, because declaring your sovereignty is an important thing. It frees you from any kind of bad things that have been sent your way. And like I said, go to go to my tw- uh, Twitter site. Look on, uh, look up my most recent tweets, the last four or five tweets, and you'll you'll see a more detailed declaration of sovereignty. And uh, you've got nothing to do. Check out what I say on Twitter. I'm always saying important things. Uh, and my Twitter hashtag is at Tom Edison Prez. T-O-M-E-D-I-S-O-N-P-R-E-Z. Well, hey, we're coming to the end of the show, you know? You know? You know? You know? We're coming to the end of the show, you know, you know. And uh, I just want to remind everybody that uh, I've got 25 videos out there on YouTube.com. And the easiest one to probably get to is Subway Fantasy. And Subway Fantasy too. Um, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes uh, Google will take you right there. But you got to spell fantasy, P-H-A-N-T-E-S-Y. And uh, there's uh, three or four versions out there. Subway Fantasy 2. Uh, it's a roller coaster ride of rock and roll. And then the original Subway Fantasy, it starts off like a science fiction movie, but then it's a, a documentary of great bands that are just as good as the famous ones. But, uh, you know, the testimony is there. I wanted to give them credit that they should have gotten a long time ago. Not everyone got the, the work of contracts. Uh, back in the, in the 20th century. So anyhow, uh, check them out, you know. Hey, the most recent one is called Break the Ice, you know. Uh, something inspiring you maybe dance. Of course, um, there's some things. Check has got a song out called Break the Ice, too. So for that, you'll have to uh, break the ice and then follow that by Tom Edison, that who, that's who I am. And uh, if that doesn't still come up, um, put the word YouTube behind it. Again, you don't have to go to YouTube to get to these things. And once you get one of my songs, you can just hit the icon at the, uh, at the lower left while the song's playing, if you're not on the full screen. And uh, then you, you can, you'll have access to all 25 of them. Some of these songs are fun. Some of them are educational. Some of them are things that need to be heard and uh, taken seriously. I got one out there called There Ain't No Justice. Talks about what's going on now and the fact that, you know, the fact that sometimes in life we have to make our justice ourselves. Don't wait for government to do it. Hell no, government's the last one to do it. Okay. We're going to end the show now, and um, I end it every week 
you're going to hear the lead guitar, the tasteful lead guitar solo at the end of my song called Are You the Pardon in Time. That's another great song to look up on uh, on the internet. Are You the Party in P-A-R-T-Y apostrophe N kind. It doesn't pop up right away when you Google it, but you, the word YouTube behind it. It'll come up. And uh, followed by my anthem, I Gotta Be Somebody. These are all original songs. Um, I only record original songs, you know, can I tell you? Because uh, I write good original songs. The um, Could be your anthem, too. So um, you're going to hear it right now as I do the countdown. And, hey, this is a, there's a video behind this, in case you didn't know. You should have been watching the video if you haven't figured it out yet. Every, every week I have video behind my show now, you know? They call it radio TV. I call it video radio. Either way. Okay, Mr. Engineer, take us out of here now. Here's the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Yeah. Uh-huh. 